Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Second Act Podcast. Today's guest is a very kind and compassionate person. Hey, Dad? I would agree that that's a great way to characterize Fabian Warner of the Men's League. He's a super interesting guy who's got a lot of uh, really diverse experience in his background. And he decided he was going to work with some of his partners to build a community right here within Calgary that focuses on men's mental health and physical health. And the uh, the most impressive thing is how he's been running this for upwards of like, many years, and he's still just, you can hear it in the pod, he's still so excited and passionate about this project. He hasn't fallen out of step with it at all. He very much loves the idea of Men's League and loves working on it, and you can tell. Yeah, I would agree. He sounds very uh, energized throughout the whole pod every time we talk about something a little bit different, you know, when he tells the backstory about the genesis of it and all the different things. Super, super passionate and uh, really dialed in on what they want out of it. Uh, I think that's just the coolest part. What did you find interesting about it? Well, like I said, the uh, the passion that came from him, it wasn't really one thing that stood out to me other than just how excited he was to tell you about new things that were happening or explain the backstory or just any little thing. And he was like, yep, yeah, I can do that. You can tell that he's put a lot of work into men's league and that he loves the idea of it and wants it to continue growing. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, I feel the same way. He was really, uh, really engaged and, and super in tune and, and passionate to talk about it. So why don't we kick it over to Fabian without any further ado, Fabian Warner. Uh, pleasure to be here, brother. Pleasure to be here. Fabian, it's uh, it's really cool for um, for me to have you on. And, and I was saying just a minute ago when we, when we got connected here that um, I, I've always wanted to have the men's league, um, a part of this because of us, you know, a space in, in the development of the second act podcast that, that the men's league holds. And I want to start this, uh, this podcast with a moment of gratitude for what you and Derek and Carrie are putting together because, um, I participated in your man talk Monday, uh, last March. And that was like the first time I'd ever recorded something and had it kind of published in a manner like that. And the response was overwhelming. It was like people were like, oh, dude, I had no idea that you, you thought these things before and now. And and I thought to myself, I, you've had this idea for a podcast for three or four years. Um, why not try something? So it was really, it was, um, you know, Kirk Coburn participated in the Man Talk Monday and he's a friend of mine. And, and so it was Kirk doing it. And then you guys providing me an opportunity uh, to, to get out and get my feet wet uh that's led me to now what's going to end up being episode 49 with you so 49 weeks in a row i put an episode out so um you know i i really wanted to have you guys on to say thank you because i think what you guys are doing is unbelievable i'm putting people in a position to do things out of their comfort zone hey man listen i appreciate that first of all second of all I, i'd like to thank you for what you're doing because we did the podcast thing we got 10 episodes and i felt like i'd I felt like I built an entire castle. So to do 49 episodes, man, that's impressive uh, to come up with weekly content, to get guests like that's a that's a big undertaking. So props to you. 
Uh, also, shout out to you for jumping on the Man Talk Monday. Uh, that's honestly to this date is probably one of my favorite things that we've created with Men's League. Uh, not just because it's guys talking on a video and you can rewatch them and all that stuff. It's just it's hearing guys thank us for giving them the space. I, I, you know, I'm I'm grateful that you were able to share because that's really how we have to make the change. We need to show other guys that it's okay to talk about stuff. So you thank me, man. I thank you. So awesome stuff. Well, it's a it's a mutual admiration society, I guess, for today. So you mentioned um, you mentioned men, men's league, but uh, but that's really kind of um, where you're at today. Why don't we find out a little bit about who Fabian Warner was, um, you know, in his formative years, and then we can talk about uh, what led you to to deciding that you needed to de- develop something like men's league. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, honestly, man, as you get older, and I, I never thought I'd be that guy talking about like all the stuff I'd learned on my like journey. I always, I was always the young guy. I always played like, older guys in basketball and whatnot. So I was always like pride myself on being the young guy. And, and and now I'm starting to realize I'm I'm partly on the on the older side. So it's a it's a good realization. I I grew up. I'm a huge sports guy. Um, played sports from the time I was probably six until I was 28. I think it was the end. Uh, I say end, not that I can't continue playing sports, but when I stopped really taking it seriously, um, you know, I went to a French immersion school. Uh, my parents came from an island called St. Lucia, and I think they wanted me to speak French. So they, they because they speak a broken uh, French there called Patois. Um, and, you know, I gained a lot of cool realizations from going to a French school because you got to learn things differently. Like you can't just translate stuff completely verbatim from English to French. There's a different thought process that goes into it. So uh, I've always like looked at myself as kind of a weird guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like I said, I, I played the sports. I was always on the best teams. I was lucky enough to captain a few and, you know, captain in college and never had problems going to parties and never had problems with girls. Um but I was also friends with like people that people deemed to be losers or deemed to be not cool. Uh, and I spent one-on-one time with them and I played video games with them and I played magic cards with them. And, you know, I kind of touched a lot of different sides of the spectrum growing up. And nowadays I look back on it and I'm really grateful that I, I got, a, got that whole wide spectrum of people. Um, I'd say the Fabian before men's league and Fabian now that men's league is, is, is an obsessed person with people. You know, I love energy. I love people. I love to know how you wash dishes. I like to know what you do for your Christmas vacation. I like to know what your family traditions are. I want to know how you spent your Halloweens. You know, everyone's got such a unique story to tell. And, and I find myself just obsessed and grateful um, for people. I uh, The last part on, on me as a person, I'd say, like, I'm the kind of person that looks out of a, a skyscraper and sees a man pushing a carriage with a baby in it. And I think, you know, I'm never going to meet that guy, but you know, there's a possibility if I, if I ran into him somehow through a friend of a friend at a party, you know, at a flames game, you know, I'm knocking over someone's stuff and and starting a conversation, even like how we met, uh, there's a possibility I could be best friends with that guy. And, you know, that's kind of how I approach people. It's how I approach the world. So, um, always reflecting, always in my thoughts. It's, it's been the greatest gift and the biggest curse I think, uh, that I've had in my life. Um, caused me a lot of anxiety, but it's also helped me relate to people. So uh, that's probably about me in a nutshell. I mean, for my day job, I, I work for a pipeline construction company. I do uh, indigenous and local engagement, which pretty means uh, pretty much means I'm a, a big mediator and a middleman. 
um, constantly communicating between communities, the clients, and our internal stakeholders within our company, uh, trying to maximize the indigenous communities and local communities and uh, make sure our guys are, are happy too. So so that's uh that's interesting that you brought up that um thought that you know you see somebody from afar and you you think to yourself that you may never meet that person because i've had similar thoughts like that um you know and it's it's for me it was so overwhelming that i had to you know develop techniques to to not think about those things was that something that you grew into or was did you always have the ability to kind of compartmentalize the overwhelm not being overwhelmed by by those kind of thoughts and just working your way through being able to to socialize with people and work it out that way you know uh the act of doing it i've never thought about it it's just what i do um i can't turn it off <laughs> to be honest uh, i never really realized the the negative impact and i'll call it negative impact because it it has caused me a lot of anxiety i don't think i really realized that till i got older uh, I think part of the, the issue that I faced as, a, as a, a young man is that I played sports my whole life, right? I, as I mentioned before, I was going to practice every day. I was running and sweating constantly. And I think that really helped me uh, kind of release any kind of stresses I was holding on to and whatnot. It wasn't until I stopped playing college sports uh, that that stuff started to accumulate and start to build up. And then I started to, you know, feel the really uh, the other side of the anxiety. I didn't really feel that until I stopped playing sports. So it was more later on in my life that I realized, oh, wow, like you're holding a lot of this stuff with you. So you you mentioned now a couple of times that you uh, you played college level athletics and stuff like that. So you're you're a fairly athletic fella. Obviously, um, you know, people that, that excel at stuff like that, there's some social advantages to that. So you come out of university and you've got yourself a college education and you're, you're heading out into the world. Um, did you find a dramatic change when, you know, you weren't recognized for that in, in a small community like a university and you got out into the big world or were you able to just adjust as you kind of came across into, um, you know, Fabian 2.0? You know what, man, I, th I think a lot of athletes struggle with that. Um, it's really a big part of your identity in your life for a large period of time, especially if you make it to the, uh, the, the college ranks or you make it to professional ranks um so but it's not something you really you don't it's one of those things i think that just gradually hits you over a little bit of time being removed you don't really realize it at first you still i think you still claim to thinking you are an athlete for a while and it takes a while to really realize oh yeah like man I, that isn't me anymore um so yeah i, I think it was more of a, a gradual thing i don't think i i really knew it was happening until maybe like and, and then you, you hold on and you're clinging to it you know like right it's one of the you don't work a job when you're in in, in high school you, you don't you can't really hold a job when you're in college because you know you're practicing every time you're not in school so yeah i mean it it becomes a big party and it, it it is a tough transition i think harder for most i was just actually at a party and i was talking to one of the former flames that was here for the the, the championship run and i had a great conversation with him about that and he was saying how, how it was tough for him you know going from kind of like a hero in the town and everyone knows you until about five years later it's kind of like well what have you done for me lately and i don't you know it was awesome you did that for us but life moves on so 100 percent. that's a that's a huge thing i think identity in sports yeah yeah that was uh that was a great run year on five years ago 675 for the beer 
Yeah. <laughs> and you know, honestly, um, man, I, I would also say that like being part of a team in athletics it really does help you if you can focus some of those pieces into the business world. Uh, you know, a lot of the interviews I went to was the, the, the interviewee or you know, interviewer loved that I played college sports. You know, I think it, it shows that you can, you know, be a part of a team, do your role, um, uh, be disciplined, uh, follow instructions when you need to be a leader when you need to. So I think there's a lot of awesome things that, that translate from that too. You just got to figure that out and, and figure out how to hone that. So, so you come out and you're, you're making those adjustments in, in real time, obviously, because there's no, there's no practice for that, right? You just get out of college, your, your athletic, your competitive athletic career is over and you're, you're off doing some other things. So, so what was that part like for you? Were you, uh, you know, were you married or getting married and, and kind of adjusting to a a quote unquote normal life or, or had you found that level of uh, satisfaction and fulfillment with what was going on in your life? No, you know, I, I, I definitely think there's a little bit of being lost when you, when you come out of that. Uh, I, I, I had taken marketing in school, you know, I, I'd, I'd gone to be the vitamin water guy and I was a big, I was a marketing guy and I, I managed a team in Edmonton and Calgary and I was, I was like that, but there was no way to move up in the company. So I, I, you know, I started rehashing, well, what can I do? And then I, you know, I liked money. I liked numbers. So I thought I'd be a financial planner, but like, obviously that, I'm not meant to be a funny <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an odd story how I got into the career I got into. No, I was not married to answer that at that time. Uh, I think I was single for, for a little bit. And, and then I, I probably started, I was single when I got out of college and I didn't get into a serious relationship for a few years after that. Um, uh, and which was obviously returned into my marriage, which then en- ended up turning into my divorce. But um yeah, no, there wasn't a, there wasn't a roadmap for it. And I, I definitely was lost. And it was a weird story how I got into oil and gas. I would, you know, I was just, I was literally at a party and I was taking finance in school. I went back to school to take finance after my business marketing because I couldn't figure out what to do with the marketing. And, you know, I was at a Halloween party. One of my friend's dads was a geophysicist and he was just talking to me about that. And at the time I thought I wanted to be a land agent actually, because my dad did accounting for land agent and you know he told me his job was like negotiating and, and talking to people and i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, that's that sounds like someone i'd like um you know he drove a nice car he told me he had yeah. vacations i was like yeah i'm into this so and he worked at a, a company called Incana at the time and i was like yo i want to work in Incana. so yeah I, I ended up going to this party this guy i told him my little story and he just said man you need to get out of finance and just take something that has to do with oil and gas and just get in He's like, I can tell that you'd be a good land man. Like, just take something, get into the company, and they'll get you there. And I was like, you're right. Like, what am I doing? So, yeah, I switched into, like, a fast-track petroleum land administration program and got into Incana, literally. That easy, hey? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> it sounds easy <laughs> when I say it. It wasn't easy. I remember I was applying for a lot of companies for a long time, and yeah, I just I got in at like the lowest of low jobs at Incana. I, I delivered the mail to all the administrators, but the cool thing was I got to meet everybody. You know, right? I got to I got to meet everybody in every different department, and I worked on a floor that supported the entire company. So that's how I got to meet the Indigenous engagement team and the community relations team, and and that's ultimately how I got into Indigenous relations. So, so now at this point, you're so you're in your you know quote unquote dream job to that point, and. Uh, and things are ticking along. Um, was was the the work side of it 
you know, fulfilling and challenging and, and engaging enough to keep you kind of tied up in, in that for a while? Or did you kind of start quickly deciding that you needed a little bit more? Um, you know, in the beginning, it, I definitely wanted more, but that's because I was new to the the role and, and I was kind of just learning and there's a lot to learn in that industry. There's a lot, every dig, every community is different. Every leadership community is different. So every project is a little bit different. Every project manager is different. So there's a lot to learn and a lot of not talking and listening. Um, so I, definitely I was hungry for it. I loved the culture of the indigenous people. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, you know, they had a love for sport, same as me. Like there was a lot of really cool synergies with me and the indigenous people. So I uh, love the job. I still love it to this day. Um, however, yeah, is it, is it, was it like, did I wake up and that was like, this is my most fulfilling moment? No, but it, it definitely lines up with my skill set and what I, what I enjoy doing. And I really do enjoy it. Um, and it, it wasn't until I guess the birth of men's league that I really found something um that my passion burns for a lot more than that so you talk about the birth of men's league so was was that something like did you realize at that point that there was something that you needed to to fulfill or how did uh how did the genesis of men's league come about yeah and and and, and those two i guess that ties directly to it i um the men's league story it's one i've <clears throat> told a bunch um and it never, I, I love telling it because every time I tell it, I feel like I'm honoring kind of those who kind of inspired me to do it in the first place. Uh, but really it boils down to, it's it, the real concept started in 2017. Uh, cool guy I met through my indigenous engagement work. Um, he's a vendor. I used to have to meet a lot of vendors and try and help give them direction getting work with us. Um, he, he's, this guy was a very deep thinker, very, um, very real dude he would go to a lot of retreats and stuff like he would just he would like go and every time i talked to him he'd be like oh i was on this retreat and then one time we went for lunch in 2017 and, and he just said yeah man i went on this retreat it was like an all guys retreat and there was no phones like no talking nothing and he's like by the end of the trip men were just crying they were just crying like all over the place and i was like i was like yeah man like honestly and i told him i was like that doesn't surprise me he's like I have usually never had a problem emoting. That's usually how I've related to people is I usually give them a little bit of myself. But yeah, I was like, it, it, that doesn't surprise me to see men in their thoughts then breaking down and crying because that when you can't talk, you're just kind of left to your own devices and your own thoughts. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And, and really, I didn't bring it up again until we actually came up with the idea. But in the meantime, 2019 hits. Um, biggest year probably the biggest year of my life and i don't know if it'll ever be topped maybe when i have a kid that'll that'll be the the moment that tops it but uh i lost three three men that year so uh the first guy uh, older gentleman uh, very athletic huge lakers fan religious guy you know, entrepreneur and just the nicest guy like almost like an older brother figure to me a lot of direction and guidance through my days and you know he he passed away from cancer and no one knew he had it none of his guys knew none of his best friends knew uh we didn't know until he was gone and you know going to his funeral seeing the impact seeing the people like i'm talking these this funeral and all of the funerals i went to in this year were overwhelming uh 
the amount of people that are speaking and just seeing the reach uh, that he had touched and all the people he had helped. Um, and to this day, I'm meeting people he was mentoring. Like a young guy just came up to me and now I'm kind of uh, working with him and trying to mentor him myself because I feel kind of connected to him in some way. But um, yeah, he passed away and uh, it was tough. And then, uh, you know, my issue with that is, again, I go to funerals and I'm very reflective. I call them, I'm in true moments. I call them true moments, you know, marriages, uh, births of, of babies, uh, funerals. Those are true moments. That's when people are going to give you their most raw emotion and uh i was just reflecting on my relationship with him and and how he would always take time as he moved to the states to still message me once in a while to talk about kobe or to talk about the lakers and the last time he messaged me i i just wish i would have talked to him more you know it was it just wasn't i took it for granted and then that kind of didn't sit well with me um and then to watch some of his closest friends who are really good friends of me as well, break down in my arms and not just because he passed away, but because they're angry, you know, angry that he didn't allow them to help angry that they didn't, he didn't allow them to be a support system for him. Um, so seeing that impact on the guys and especially the older guys really just stuck with me. Um, and then uh, one of my good friends from high school, one of Derek's good friends from high school passed away. And these were all, every one of these was within like two or three months. So it was literally like, you go, you grieve, you're kind of grieving. You're almost getting to that point where you're not like constantly thinking about it all the time. And then another one happens. So this guy passed away again, same thing, man. Just, he was an architect in, with the social game. Uh, man, he had a, his birthday lasted a week because he had a celebration <laughs> on every day on someone else. And he did that. So each one of his network they had something for everyone in his network, whether it was doing shisha or going to the bar or going to a game, whatever it was. And, you know, he was all about the people. He used to drive around on Christmas Eve and deliver CDs to his closest friends. And like, that's the thing that sticks with me with him. Um, we had just connected on a bachelor party. Um, I was just telling him, you know, I'm, I'm going to start like coming out a little bit more and, and chatting with you a little bit more and, get our friendship back to where it was. And that was the last time I, I got to talk to him. Uh, so again, I'm, I'm left at this funeral with all of these people and this massive impact thinking, man, like there's another guy that I didn't, you know, get to say what I wanted to say to him and he's gone for good. Another Lakers fan as well. This Lakers thing, man, I tell you. So yeah, so that's two guys that we lost. And, and I just want to make reference that during that, when that guy passed away, I was also, probably the worst I've ever been physically. I just played my last men's league basketball game. I'd thrown out my back. I could, I was, I was stumbling around and I was thinking like, man, I'm 35, 35 at the time, 34, maybe I don't remember now, but uh, I think it was 34. And I'm like, I, I can, I'm having issues like moving my mobility is this limited. And I like, I don't have my own kids yet. I have nieces and nephews. Like this isn't right. Like I shouldn't be not being able to think of being able to play with, with my son I haven't had yet. Right. So again, I'm just reflecting on all this and, and wondering, you know, I've got two able feet. What am I, what am I doing with my life really? Uh, and then uh, while all this was going on, I was going through a divorce. So I didn't have my wife with me at either of those funerals. Um, and I mean, the divorce didn't start happening until probably just before um, uh, the second guy passed away. But I felt kind of like I was alone 
on that journey at that time. Uh, and yeah. And so while I was moving out of my house because of the divorce, uh, my dad and I were actually moving, a moving a, a dresser and I got a phone call that my uncle had passed away. And again, <laughs> funeral, unbelievable, man. Like to hear the professors talking about this guy, see all the things he'd done, just the way he raises two boys who I'm very close with. Um, it was just, uh, it was one of those things where I just, I just, at that moment, I was like, you know, I got to do something else because I've got a skill set of, of talking to people and I don't feel like I'm, I'm maximizing my life. And, and those guys were great men and none of them even get another chance to, to breathe, to talk, to laugh or anything. Um, so all in all, uh, New Year's comes up. Derek, my good friend, Derek and business partner, um, had us over. There was four of us there and I, I just brought up the concept. Um, you know, guys don't talk about stuff. You know, there's, there's something wrong with that. And there's a lot of pressure. I think that we have that we, that says we can't like, why haven't I told those guys I love them, but they're right. gone. So really I brought it up then and, and, the, and they just latched on to the idea, like all four, but specifically Derek, um, yeah. we stayed up till five in the morning, you know, we're having nice drinks, food, and him and I just listened to this one Kanye West song on repeat. And, uh, and we just talked about men's league and what, what that could be. Uh, and honestly, man, I didn't, I honestly didn't think a hundred percent it was going to be something because I'd been on new year's before and come up with a million businesses that never really left the ground. Um, so this one obviously hit a little bit different and we were talking about it, talking about it. And originally it was just going to be an event. That really was what I wanted men's league to be bringing a speaker, uh, have some nice food, uh, make sure the guys are captivated by the speaker and they leave that event and go back to their groups of guys. And they just feel a little bit more comfortable having conversations. So that, that was the pitch. And it wasn't until I went to the first gentleman that passed away. Uh, his girl, his girl's wife threw a birthday party for him. So it was a year after he'd been gone. She threw a birthday party and, and at the party, she stood up and, and amongst all these men, there was like 40 men just sitting in there in the, in the house. And she get up on the stairs and on this chair. And she says, you know, the last thing he said to me is I'm going to make this my best comeback ever. You know, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat cancer. I'm going to make this my best comeback ever. And she's like, he didn't get the chance to do that. But she's like, you guys get the chance to make 2020 your greatest comebacks ever. She's like, if you are sitting on something and an idea that you want to do, do it. If you're sitting on words you want to say to somebody, say it. And I'm sitting there like, man, tearing up, thinking she's yeah. talking directly oh, to yeah, me. For you sure. know, I'm sitting on this idea and I'm like, she's talking to me. So I told her about it that night and she said, you know what? You got to do it. Just do one event. If you only, if you only do one event, that's all that you need to do. And then COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the events obviously had to go to the wayside and that's when the whole thing kind of kicked off. That's uh, that's wild. I, I don't believe in serendipity anymore. I don't believe in coincidence. Like I just, uh, you know, as you rolled through that story, believe that you know you were in those places with those people for a reason and uh and it all culminated with you standing in that room that that night and that lady speaking to you that's the only way i can reconcile 
how how all that fell into place because there was too much heartbreak and grief and sorrow for it to be wasted it had to it had to add up to something uh fabian and i think it's that it was that it's it's funny that you um you know you you were in this place you talked about like moving your stuff out of your house while all this is going on and and it would have been really easy to to pick a different way to deal with that right you know the the grief and the sorrow and the stress and and you were you know that that uh mental fortitude to to not let it get the better of you and and find a better way to cope with that stuff i think that speaks a lot to you know what you're trying to share at men's league and the things that you guys are the messages that you're that you're sharing um it's it's an interesting uh point of view i i've never talked about this on the pod but i lost my brother in a car accident um his his funeral was the day before my 25th birthday and there's a small group of friends. We're from a little town in rural Saskatchewan. You know, there's 10 or 15 of us probably. And the greatest gift that Eric gave us was when we see each other after a long time, we hug, right? We, it, there's no awkwardness around it because we hug and that's just what we do. Cause we had to do that, that time when our world shattered and uh, you know, he's, that's the type of guy he was, he brought people together and, and he was that kind of facilitator. And I've told many people that, that when we've talked about it, that the thing that the, the good thing that came out of a, a young life being tragically taken from us was that there's this group of dudes in 2004 or 2003 was the accident, but it was really a year later when we all got back together for the first time for his Memorial golf tournament that we were like, this is different now. It's okay to, to, to hug and say that we miss each other and cry and, and then as we've all kind of grown up and we've gotten married and we have these kids and you don't see each other that often, there's never any awkwardness around it. Right. Cause that's just how we do. And uh, you know, it's, it sounds like there's a bunch of that in, in that story as well with the guys that, that have been involved in that with you. Yeah, man. Well, one, thank you for sharing that. Honestly, that's one of my biggest fears with like with my brother. It's like, you know, you have a specific bond with a brother. So condolences to you, man. That's, that's hard to hear. I would say this too is how crazy is it that something like that has to happen to us as men for us to think it's okay to do that right like that and i think that is the issue is that we don't just do that growing up we're not kind of taught to do that growing up uh and it takes a tragedy or something like that for us to do and that's kind of the messaging of men's leagues you know don't wait to go through that with your best friends and your and your parents and your siblings and your kids you know don't wait for that for that to be the trigger point for you. And, you know, you gave me a little bit of kudos there for how I handle it, but I, I, every time I tell the story, I miss out on three pieces of it. Um, probably the most important one is that I was near the end of the year, I started having panic attacks. So, and for me, I, I didn't know what a panic attack was. I literally thought I was having a heart attack and that it wasn't until that happened that I really realized that I wasn't fully digesting maybe my feelings or dealing with the grief the way I thought I was dealing with it. Uh, definitely a man of logic, you know, pride myself on on A plus B plus C, one plus two equals three, you know. Um, so in my head, I was like, I went to the funerals, you know, I've grieved, I'm going through this divorce, but I want it as well. So I thought I was fine, but I wasn't. And then the other two pieces that I left out of the story, because the story is quite long, is uh, my niece, also got sick at the end of the year um little little niece she was probably like one and a half years old and had to oh, get wow. flown to edmonton some something attacked her heart uh, to this day they don't know exactly what it was but she was in there for three weeks uh, she was on life support 
Uh, and I had to fly out there, you know, my brother and, and his his girl side of the family. And um, it was a one of the most powerful and bonding and family oriented experiences I've ever been around. Um, it's made my entire family so close now. But again, lucky that she is a great little girl and she has no idea what happened and she's super strong now. And yeah. it's just she's a constant reminder to me of this whole thing as well. Uh, and then the last piece is, is the Lakers and, and Kobe Bryant. And uh, you grow up idolizing someone, uh, respecting someone, and you know, how he carried himself, how he dealt with adversity, uh, how he led you know his desires and all of that stuff um and as a basketball guy i just really admired him I've, i don't think i've ever been more upset when someone has passed away that i've never actually met in my life and all and to, to boot the two first guys that passed away were huge lakers fans and kobe fans too so the whole thing just reminds me anytime i see the lakers anytime i see my niece anytime i have to tell this this story just reminds me of all of them uh and they'll always live on as long as men's league is alive so uh, appreciate you again for for letting me share the story. Oh no, that's what it's about because um, you know I, I went to the uh, uh, social event in November and um, that's where I met you and Derek for the first time, and it was just it, it was amazing to me to see what you guys had created and and we can talk a little bit about um, about the social event and, and the community that that's fostering. But I mean there there was. Uh, like I work downtown Calgary too. I see people all the time that are, you know, immaculately dressed and, and uh, you know, coiffed to the nines, everything's put in exact place. And then you work with these people and you realize that some people are just barely hanging on and some people aren't hanging on. And, and there was all these dudes that were down in, in the basement of the Wednesday room that night. And uh, there was people from all walks of life and with all kinds of looks. And um, it was just incredible to see these people and they're being, vulnerable or if they weren't being vulnerable that night they were on their way to to exposing that part of their their life and you know to to take it from that idea that night and and you mentioned your your partner in this uh derek uh, hill for you guys to be able to to build it and find the people that want to participate in this with you um it it has to be so gratifying every time you see a new face or a different name reach out and put their hand up and say fabian this speaks to me and i want to be a part of it Oh yeah, man. Uh, there's, there's probably like, I can think of like a five, there's like a handful of times in my life where I've just been so overwhelmed with emotion, grateful. Men's league has been responsible for two of those. Um, and one specifically was that event. I, I, I mentioned the panic attacks I was having at the end of the year. I, I literally, after talking to people about it, did not have another panic attack at all. So since, so, so it almost been two years, I had my first panic attack at that event um, oh, wow. in the bathroom right before I was supposed to come on stage and talk. Yeah. I, had, I honestly had a, a panic attack in the bathroom, but I knew it was happening this time. I knew it was a panic attack. So I just leaned up against the wall, kind of got it calmed down. I walked out of the building. I cried. I called my girlfriend. She talked to me. I went back inside. And we started the event and honestly man the most gratifying thing of this whole thing whether this ends up being something that goes across canada or changes the world or just the simple fact that there's been multiple people and dozens and dozens of people who have come up to me and said thank you uh, for allowing the space for us to do this 
or thank you for getting this guy to come up and speak in front of us at that at that event. Um, guys that I would not expect to say that to me. One of my coolest friends who, when we first started Men's League, it was our first post ever on Instagram, and he came on and made a joke about it, and I literally had to pull him aside and be like, bro, this is exactly this is exactly the problem. Yeah. Like, you are supposed to be one of – he was there when we came up with the name, and he was like, yes, 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 we want this. In the first post, he's, like, making jokes. I'm like, man, this is the problem. We can't be making jokes about this kind of stuff. We got to, like, celebrate people who are doing it and, and pick people up. Uh, even he came to me after the event and said, man, like, honestly, that was pretty dope. That yeah. was pretty dope. And it meant a lot to me, man, to hear that kids I used to coach were there. Uh, I've turned into young men uh, thanking me for to listen to the, you know, we had that volley, ex-Olympic volleyball player that, that talked about being bipolar type two. The, the people that came up to me to thank me for that, being able to hear that story it's just, it's overwhelming, man. It really is overwhelming. You you see people on TV talk about being overwhelmed by the moment all the time. And you're just like, oh yeah, that's what you say in those moments. But like, literally there's nothing else you can say other than it's, it's, it's actually overwhelming. So why don't you talk a little bit about what, what you've got going on with men's league. I know, um, you know, through, through, uh, the man talk, I found one of my earlier guests, uh, our, our boy, Stephanie Rosari, uh, had him on and, uh, and and Carrie, I mean Carrie. Every every day I see one of Carrie's lives, man. I'm I'm in it all the way through till the end because the 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 messages that guy uh, that guy spreads are so applicable every single day. You don't have to look past the end of your nose to find a spot to use his his advice. Um, and and you've got uh, Katrina, I believe, is uh, your your psychologist, and you've got a bunch of different interesting people that fit in with men's leagues. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, man, dude, I, honestly, this journey is I've just I'm trying to live and appreciate every second of it, because honestly, none of it coming back to the very beginning of Men's League when it was supposed to be an event, nothing that we've planned has ever just gone how it's supposed to go. Because through this journey, we've been introduced to this person, through that person, to this person. And you just this movement and this cause resonates with so many people. Um that we've just been blessed. Uh, you know what, I mentioned in the beginning that I love people. You need to remember that we don't know what life holds for us, but there's a possible, that you never know who you're gonna run into. It might be someone you used to work with 10 years ago and they might've completely changed their life. I was just at a coffee shop in Calgary and I was getting a coffee for Derek and Katrina. And I ran into a guy you went to junior high with and he's an osteopath. And he's into the big mental health space and i start talking to him and it's it's been like that the entire time we met carrie because my ex-girlfriend introduced us to a beautiful lady named karen judge who then introduced us to carrie and now carrie is like an integral part of our team he's the director of community at men's league um since the first time i've met him he's been a special guy um and it's it's been amazing to work with him he comes over here to chat about one specific topic. We're here for four hours. You know, sometimes I just got to go flick on a camera. I'm like, we might need some of this footage, Gary. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't waste this. Like, he is an absolute powerhouse. Um, and I, I'll get into some of the other stuff that we're doing later. But one thing we are doing, uh, and it came from us doing that first social series, is people were clamoring for in-people, in-person events. Uh, so we are going to be putting on four free events this year. We call them Men's League Workshops. 
Uh, Carrie is going to be the first facilitator. So what the workshop will be is just a 45 minute talk that educates men. Uh, and then it's just a social. It's non-paid, so it's free of charge. Um, but we do take cash donations at the door uh, that we're going to donate to a charity of our choice or a not-for-profit organization. So Carrie's going to be the first speaker and he's going to do mindset. So if you guys are in Calgary on the 28th of April uh, at the Supreme Menswear Store, downtown Calgary, we're going to be putting on the workshop. Um, if you're interested in coming, uh, shoot us a note. You can go to our website and contact us there or just shoot me a, an email, Fabian at Men's League or Derek at Men's League. Let us know you're interested. Um, but as far as the other people, like Stefan, we met because a girl I played and coached basketball with introduced us. She's in the mental health game. Uh, she said, you need to meet this guy. Uh, again, special, special guy, you know, you've, you've yeah, had him on oh, your yeah. show. Stefan can speak and articulate with the best of them, and, and his writing is almost better than his speaking. So he he's our blog writer um, and our creative director is what we're calling him. So I uh, loved working with him. Again, another guy that when he speaks, I just love listening to him. Uh, and then Katrina Shaw, we met, uh, Derek met her at his bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. So, uh, yeah, and we, we, we got introduced to her just to kind of pick her brain. And like, after that, it was just like, we just gelled with her so well, her story and her mission behind men's mental health was just so perfect. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to see it, we do have her on our website, uh, on the who we are page. She has a testimonial there on why men's league, um, uh, you know, she lost her dad, uh, and didn't know he was struggling with mm -hmm. some things and uh her story just really struck home with us and she's very passionate about men's mental health and um yeah so it's like every single one of these people uh has just been even meeting you uh through kirk you know like and i met kirk through a guy through oil and gas who's one of my best friends so it's just like it's the world is your oyster and and, and everyone has value and uh, and i'm just enjoying meeting all the people then well, and that's something that I, uh, I, I'm just nicely probably about 18 months to two years into my journey, uh, which is, um, appreciating my network. You know, I, I worked in a position for a long time where the more people that knew me, the more people wanted to sell me things. And, and I wasn't about that. I was about, you know, just keeping my circle tight. And then I wasn't in that role anymore. And I had this tight circle and, and it was like, okay, there's, there's too many people out there that whether or not there's like a reason for your job to talk to that person, maybe you just connect on them and with them and, and then you start talking to them and some people you don't, but then there's that, the people that there is a spark with. And it's like, man, I can't believe I walked right by that every single day of my life for two years. And I just, whether it was arrogance or ignorance, couldn't be bothered to reach out and then discover that spark. And, and that's what something like men's league um, I find is is really helpful for me because it kind of takes that guard down because I'm here and and you're here. So we've already admitted that we're here for that. Now, are we going to connect and, and have that spark and be best friends? Maybe not, but but that's not the point. The point is we're both here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and full disclosure, man, we could be best friends. I don't, I don't know. I tell you what, man, I, every interaction I've had with you, I thought is hella dope. Your mind is brilliant. I think that you're, you're onto the right wavelength with people and, and trying to help with the mental health space. 
Um, so I, I look forward to more meetings with you and, and, and continuing to get to know you, man. Well, I, I appreciate you saying the kind words. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I had the idea for this podcast for since 2018 and I wouldn't do anything with it because I was just afraid to put it out there and, and have it not work. And then after the man talk Monday, um, you know, there was, there was a bunch of people, but a couple of people in particular that, that knew me that were like, man, like this is the guy that people can, can connect with like this guy that you're here being in this video. And I was like, man, that's kind of the premise of the second act podcast is to get people to talk about these things that led them to make changes. Because a lot of times it's, it's the vulnerability and the disappointment and the lack of fulfillment that nobody wants to acknowledge in their real life that leads to these interesting stories, right? Mm -hmm. No, 100%, man. Absolutely. 100%. So we've got uh, we've got this men's league. Uh, you, you, and Derek, and and a few of the people that we've mentioned are, are busy um, building on it, and and it's taken various shapes and forms. Whether it was the initial idea of just an event versus this this community, and then COVID happened, so it forces you to build this online brand. And you guys have found a number of avenues within that to to build your brand and connect with people and now that the world's starting to kind of open back up again we can have these workshops and these uh uh the social events and what have you um what what does it look like you know compared to what you thought it could and going forward the the idea of success with men's league what what does it look like to fabian right now well, when it, you know when it when it started, I, as I mentioned, I thought it was just going to be an event. It is well surpassed what my initial thought was for it, um, just based off meeting people and ideas being presented to us uh, and whatnot. And it's not even probably in its final form yet. There's a couple other things that are cooking that are not yet out. Um, there's two things when thinking about men's league that I think we wanted to make sure we honored. One is we're dealing with mental health, so we need to stop, in my opinion, with the cookie cutter fits all model for mental health uh, which is partially why we decided to tailor this specifically for men because uh, for men to buy into it and for men to actually take it seriously i think we needed to to dumb it down to something that was spoke to just men so that, that i think that's the first part the second part is uh some guys need in person some guys don't want to do it in person at first some guys want something professional some guys want to just sit back and listen so we've really tried to develop multiple avenues to make sure that no matter what, there is something that you might feel comfortable doing. Um, so really, what I, I'll just run through quickly what Mensley even is right now, just so everyone kind of gets an idea. So we, we, we have the online platform, which has uh, courses that have been made by around centered around our, our pillars, which is physical health, relationships and financial help or aptitude. Uh, in there, we also have virtual mental health check-ins. So guys can book a virtual mental health check-in with a, with a mental health professional. They're not psychologists, but they're trained in that space. Um, it's kind of like a preventative before you need to go to a therapist type of thing. Uh, someone that's neutral that you can air your stuff out to in a safe manner. And you can book that as many times as you want if you're a men's league member. Then we have affiliated discounts. So we partnered with a bunch of businesses that fit our mission uh, and they've offered our men, our members discounts to their stores, whether it's fashion mail boutiques, custom made suits, uh, supplements, 
all kinds of different things. And then we've got our private community in there. So we, we have a monthly Zoom call, which we had actually last night, to talk about various topics. Uh, Carrie is the facilitator of that. So it's a safe place for guys to just talk things out. Then we've got uh, our events. So as you mentioned, we have the social series, which we will be doing another one, I believe, in the fall. Uh, we have the workshops, which we're scheduled to do for this year, the first coming up in April 28th. Uh, and just to give you a, kind of an idea of the topics, the first one's going to be on mindset. Uh, the second one's going to be about relationships. The third one's going to be about confidence. Uh, that's dressing and taking care of yourself. And then the last one's going to be based on finance. Um, so we've got facilitators coming in to do that. We're going to be doing some other gatherings. Uh, we might do some charity events. Uh, we're talking to Barry's right now about doing a workshop or workout class. Then we have our we have our corporate packages. So we've been talking to a bunch of businesses. Um, a lot of businesses are, are finally getting to that point where they're like, what are we doing for men? You know, there's not a lot of tailored men things. So we're in, in conversations with a bunch of businesses in Calgary. Um, talking to them about bringing uh, our services there, whether it's training services for half-day workshops, uh, lunch and learns, uh, the online membership and platform, uh, assessments. So these are the types of things we're going to be doing with corporations. And then finally, uh, we, we're opening a clinic. So we're trying to open a clinic in, in Calgary. We're right now weighing out two different locations, and it's going to be a tailor-made men's psychology clinic. Um, where we're going to make it feel like a man's space and we're going to make it a celebratory thing to want to go and have therapy. So we're going to try and have things like an interactive room so you can book a room and maybe play pool or play foosball or play darts with your therapist, you know, to get that warmed up. Uh, obviously, you don't have to do that every time. It's uh, We only have one or two rooms that have that capability, but uh, definitely a different flavor to, to start helping men feel more comfortable. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of other stuff that are cooking that aren't yet fully formed yet. So I'll, I'll leave that off the, off the table, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at with it. So that's got to be very um, exciting from, from kind of where you thought it was going to be the first time to, to talking about something like taking, you know, therapy to that whole nother level uh, with that interaction around something that we're all familiar with. And we'll just play a game of darts while we chat. That has to be like, you know, late at night, just before you close your eyes, you have to be thinking, we're really doing something here. This is really something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure, man. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I am, I am absolutely grateful uh, that we're at this point. Um, and I just really hope it, it really catches on with men. I, Cause like I said, and, and you, and you know, this, that we are leading, a lot of bad categories right now um violence murders suicide successful suicide attempts uh you know and i think a lot of these have to do with the fact that we are just not taught to deal with emotions we're not like the world hasn't been doing anything about it men have been responsible for a lot of these negative stats for a long time um and i really i think about the the world if i have a son and I, I want it to be a different place for him. I want it to be a different place for my nephews as they grow up. And, and I think that the appetite is there. Health is becoming a big thing and everyone's starting to think about it. But uh, now's the time to, to start changing it. You know, our vision was that when you think of men's mental health, you see the ML. 
what a great conversation with Fabian. He brought so much to the table and, and he was really honest and bared his soul about so many of the things that went into the creation of men's league. He really just was so upfront about what was going on in his life and the things that were going into those decisions and how he was reaching out to the people around him to look for support. And lo and behold, you know, there were other people that were feeling this way that were able to guide him and help him and Derek move into a direction to to do something that's different. And and as you hear, they're not trying to do anything that's already being done out there. They're they're really trying to figure out a new niche way for men's mental health, physical health, uh, financial acuity, all the things that go into being a, a a man, a person in this world. And they're they're trying to get help for people. And and it's just really fun to sit down with them and kind of hear the genesis of it and understand what goes into it because he's really doing something that's different. Him and Derek, uh, who unfortunately couldn't join us on this, um, are really trying to do something different. They're taking big bites. They're, they're dreaming big and, and shooting for the, for the moon. Right. And it's, uh, it's so much fun to sit down and talk with him. He's, you know, I've, I've met him a few times. He's a, he's an interesting guy. He's a thoughtful uh, guy. That was something that I, I said to him towards the end of this was, um, the, the visual aspect of, of what goes into his thoughts. You can just see how he's crafting every word. And, and even though he's told the story a number of times, it's not the same story exactly every time. It's the same meaning. It's the same genesis and origin, but it's a different story. And, and to be able to take that out of what's going on and, and you know, fit for purpose it for each each time, it's an incredible um, incredible thing to watch and, inc- and, and he's for an incredible guy. I mean, we couldn't be happier that he joined us to, to talk about Men's League, to talk about what goes into it and why it's there. Another great episode, episode 49. So um, this is it. This is, uh, as I said in here, this is one I really wanted to have around the milestone. We got episode 50 coming out next week. And uh, and then we're working really hard to have a few kind of really cool ones coming out. And then, uh, and then we're going to see where we go. As I've said before, I don't know what this looks like. Uh, going forward it's it's the kind of getting it to a year was something that I really wanted to do I I don't think I'm done I think I'm still having too much fun but uh, we'll see what happens I don't know it's uh, got a couple of collaborations that have been happening Um, in the background you'll start seeing on on the uh, on the social feeds of things that we're doing and and trying some different things and it's uh, it's just a lot of fun to meet really cool interesting people and try out uh, different ways of expressing ourselves and different ways of putting content in the world So like we've said 49 times after today, there's no test at the end and there's no wrong answer. So make the most out of every... The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Bensound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening.